Well, we got to see the showdown between Cleveland and Minnesota for the AL Central. How did it turn out? Yikes! You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and I'm sorry, Cleveland fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. There's my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and this is wrapping up my fifth season here at the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm your pal Simon, Solid Baseball on Twitter, Solid Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And you can please subscribe to us on YouTube. And please uh, subscribe, hit the button, hit like, tell people to subscribe. And as well, you know, you can swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks where you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked on, you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply, sleepers. Terms of use for details. Check those out. And currently operation over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Wow. Um, remember at the waiver wire and the Guardians picked up every available pitcher? And it was like, wow, do you know what they're doing? They're going to go for it. They're going to go for it. And, and part of the idea was not only were the Guardians picking up them to get some pitching depth on their team, but they were trying to keep them away from Minnesota. They didn't want Minnesota to claim these pitchers so they could help Minnesota win the division. Well, um, Brandon Warren, who is a friend of the podcast and is the host of the Locked On Twins podcast, had a very funny, funny tweet, which was, it had the line, Giolito didn't make it to the Twins on waivers, and he responded, are you sure about that? Because of what happened today between Minnesota and Cleveland, Giolito couldn't possibly do more to help the Minnesota Twins win the division with his absolutely historically atrocious game that he pitched in his debut for the Cleveland Guardians. You know, when he had his rancid month with the Angels, I was going to call him the California Angels and do what the way the Angels play, we'll call him whatever I want. When he went over to the Angels in their, oh my God, please, Shohei Otani, please don't leave us tour, he was terrible. And I thought it was, because, you know, Giolito pitched quite well, thank you very much, when he was pitching for Chicago. And I thought, well, maybe it was just a bad situation, everything like that. And now he's back in the pennant race. He'll pitch well. Nope, that's not what turned out. And um, let me just say something here. Uh, uh, it was a, it was an absolute blowout of a game. And Giolito, who will get to the grand slam that he let up, um, he, he, he just let up piles of runs. And in fact... Uh, this was, uh, uh, according to, I'm going to quote the source here, 
uh, Opta Stats on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called, posted this. It said, Lucas Giolito is the first pitcher to allow eight or more runs in a game for three different major league teams in the same season since, drumroll please, Bill McGee did so in 1899 for the Louisville Colonels, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the Washington Senators. Use that name, Bill McGee, on your immaculate grid tomorrow. Holy cats. Do you realize, because he's playing uh, for the Cleveland Guardians in the American League, okay? He has pitched for three American League teams. Did you know that when Bill McGee let up eight runs or more in a game for three different teams, Louisville, Philadelphia, and Washington, uh, Bill McGee didn't play for the American League. Do you know why? There was no American League. This hasn't happened since the formation of the American League. This took place in 1899. The American League was formed in 1901. Okay? World Series? There was no World Series. There was no other league. Okay? It's been a while since someone has done something as historically rancid as Lucas Giolito did. Remember when uh, Lorenzen made his debut with the Phillies? It was actually his, his first game at home for the Phillies. And he threw a no-hitter. That's how you win over the fans. Lucas Giolito basically torpedoing the season? Nope. Nope. And uh, there's two other things of note here, okay? Two other things of nope and note. Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis. I hope you have him on your fantasy team because he hit a grand slam, and he hit his third grand slam in um, eight games. He has four career grand slams. In 56 games. In other words, if Royce Lewis is coming up and the bases are loaded, walk him. But Sully, that would walk in a run. Yeah, but he's got other ideas. All right? That is the few, according to ESPN, that is the fewest number of games to reach four grand slams in American League history since, you ready for this? Since... Bill McGee did it for the Louisville Colts. No, no, no. This is not, this is not the Bill McGee hour. It was, uh, this is Rudy York. I uh, did so. Rudy York was a big slugger for the uh, Tigers and for the Red Sox. Use that on your immaculate grid in the 1950s. Um, yeah, because uh, uh, he did. Uh, <laughs> Royce Lewis did in 56 games. Rudy York did in 132 games. Okay? Okay? Um, so this is not... This was not optimum for the Minnesota or for the uh, Cleveland Guardians, who basically needed to sweep the the Minnesota Twins to really get back into this. And you know, you look at the was there a possibility for them to sweep? Sure, they got Lucas Giolito on the mound. Why would that happen? That would pull them to within four games, and then maybe a full sweep would pull them to what within two games. And then we're talking about an, an American League Central race. Even if they win the next two games and they bring it back to four games, this is over. The magic number from Minnesota to clinch the division is 
19. There's 25 games to go, and the Twins have a six-game lead over them. Okay? Um, and the, the, you know what? There's another thing that happened. All right? Uh, uh, Francona knows that this is a big series. And it was over very soon. It was over very, very soon. And so Francona realized he had to save his bullpen, even though they got all these reinforcements lately. So David Fry came in to pitch. David Fry pitched the last four innings and let up a couple of home runs, and he let up a ton of runs as well. David Fry's a catcher. Now, every once in a while before... It was kind of fun and funky when a team used a position player to pitch. Yeah, sometimes it was fun. I'll never forget uh, Mark Grace when he was playing for the Arizona Diamondbacks during a blowout game, pitched an inning and did it kind of an impersonation of his teammate Mike Fetters, who had a very kind of intense stare on the mound. That was kind of funny. It wasn't so funny when Jose Canseco messed up his elbow doing it. Uh, it was weird when Wade Boggs was chucking knuckleballs up there, but yeah, everyone's all like, oh, the position players pitching. Ain't that fun? It happens so often now. As I said, it's part of the strategy, and I think that stinks. Four innings? Four innings with a backup catcher throwing it up there? For the home team? I really, really, really hope by the end of that game, the only people sitting in the stands were either Minnesota Twins fans who took the trip to Cleveland or David Fry's parents. Because is that even baseball? And I'm going to call out someone who has, I've I've called them out before. I'm going to do it again. It's a listener named Jason Peters. Now, Jason Peters, listener of the show, is he an everyday Sully listener? I don't know. I'm not at the Peters house. I was saying in a previous episode that baseball should be able to have the white flag option to be able to say, look, we're not going to win. So let's just cut it off right here. They should be able to do that. And it should have to, it has to be a mutual thing. Like, like for example, today, the, the gardens are the doors blown off the dump and Frank Conner will be able to say, do you want to call it? And then Rocco Baldelli and company says, all right, we'll call it. Boom, end of game. And I think they should have that option. You know, especially when it's a big blowout. They should be able to have that option. Jason Peters wrote on the YouTube here, absolutely not. There's no crying in baseball, and there should be no mercy rule. I bought a ticket. You owe me nine innings, period. Jason. If you went to that game and you're a Cleveland fan and you saw that David Fry was pitching, they gave up. They gave up. He pitched the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth. In the sixth inning, Cleveland was saying, we would rather have a catcher throw multiple innings, then throw one of our real pitchers out there. Why? Because they're saying the game is over. The home runs that he let up, should those count as home runs? They hit him off of a catcher lobbing up pitches. Do you know what? Sure. But really, really, Jason, was that fun? If you were there, would you be watching it intensely, saying you owe me this? I think they would owe you a chance to get home earlier.
and maybe watch a real baseball game. So, Jason, uh, 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 Jason Peters, if you are indeed listening to this, please, please, please write here in the comments and tell me that you would watch that. Tell me that you wouldn't rather just say, all right, this game's done. Yeah, I get the bravado and say, I want nine. It is my day. They were tougher. Whatever. You really wanted that? You really thought that was good for baseball? You really thought that was fun? If you did, bless you, buddy. Bless you. Hey, uh, season's winding down. Have you noticed that? The season is winding down, and the playoffs are right around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is right now. You've got Acuna, Betts, Otani, Lewis hitting all those grand slams. Do you want to pick more or less on those stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts? Keep betting on Lewis. He's going to be getting more. And you get a 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you can win big. All right? And you can talk. You look at entries can be made in under a minute. And you can have that fast payout. And based upon the stats and based upon the algorithm they run for that, you could win 100 times your money. So just use your sleeper and go to promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. And you can use your sleeper to win a 100 times your payout right there. What you need to do, get on Sleeper and win big today. A um, couple of the big games. Hey, you know what? Um, I, I Sometimes you can see a team's not having a great year, but you can have flashes of, oh, that's something fun. You know, something, something good happened. You're starting to see that with the Yankees, who, by the way, uh, are creeping back to 500. Have you noticed that? If they're they're now only one game under 500, and and we'll get into a little bit about the Yankees in a bit. But look at I don't think they're going to be in contender. But hey, you know they dust themselves off and they played with some young players and fun things happen there. Kansas City is a great example of something where some positive things can happen. It's been an awful season for the Royals. They they already have 96 losses. They're obviously going to lose 100 games. But there's some hope. You know, Bobby Wood Jr. is having a season where you look at him and said he's a budding star. And they have 25-year-old Cole Reagans, who today extended his consecutive scoreless inning streak to 21 as the Royals absolutely trounced the Chicago White Sox 12-1. to And Reagans is, has pitched very, very well since coming over there. Uh, Oliveira's hit a couple of home runs. Velasquez hit a big home run. And Kansas City, yeah, they're out of it. But if you're a Royals fan, you go to the game, check out Witt. Check out Cole Reagans. And you say, hey, maybe we could be one of the ones going for that winnable American League Central. And the Royals acquired Cole Reagans at midseason this year. So that's an example of trading a veteran and getting a young player onto your team. And which veteran did they trade? Aroldis Chapman. 
Aroldis Chapman. The Royals traded Aroldis Chapman to the Texas Rangers, got back young Cole Reagans in return. Cole Reagans is on a 21 consecutive scoreless inning streak, and Aroldis Chapman is blowing games left and right for the Rangers. So sometimes a trade can work out gloriously. And uh, do you know who could really use Cole Reagans right now? The Texas Rangers, because, wow, the Rangers are in a weird situation. Just a, just a couple weeks ago, a month ago, they were like, had a legitimate shot to win 100 games. They're one of the four teams in baseball that had a 600 winning percentage. And they've been on a bit of a slide. And they've now they've fallen out of first place. They were in a second place tie with Houston. One game behind the Seattle Mariners playing Houston, okay? The Rangers need to right this ship after the terrible August they had. Right around the time Aroldis Chapman showed up for Cole Reagans. And as they're playing for their playoff lives, they could use these head-to-head games with Houston. And Texas jumped out to an early three. The Rangers had an early three-bagel lead. And they're up four to three in the fifth inning. And then Bruce Bochy had to take Haney out which means he had to go to the bullpen, which has been nothing short of an abject disaster for the Texas Rangers. Today, just today, between the fifth inning when Andy was relieved and the ninth inning, four Texas Rangers relievers were charged with nine earned runs. There were a few unearned runs there as well. I'm just going by the earned runs in there. And they lost the game 13 to 6. Houston missed an extra point. And that mixed with the fact that Toronto had an extra inning win in Oakland means that the Blue Jays are now only a half a game behind Texas. Now, uh, Seattle lost. And despite you know, a big rally towards the end, they lost to the Reds. Uh, you know, Julio Rodriguez homers at will, but the, the it came up just short. So now Houston is tied with the Mariners. The defending champs who have, who have played up and down a little bit recently, when I said, oh, they're playing like champs recently, they went on a little bit of a slide. Everyone said, ha-ha, now what you're talking about. Well, guess what? They are going into that day after Labor Day tied for first place or in a virtual tie because they've won one more game and lost one more. They played two more games in Seattle. Anyway, I digress. They're in a virtual tie with Seattle. Now, the Rangers are still only one game out. They're only one game out, so there's definitely a scenario where the Rangers can win the division. I don't know all the the tiebreaker scenarios right now. It's too complicated. And quite frankly, I'm going to be more interested in that in the last couple of weeks. Because right now, just focus on winning games and trying to get in first place on your own than worrying about, you know, uh, clinging to a tiebreaker situation. But a tiebreaker situation for the Texas Rangers means winning these games against the Houston Astros. And quite frankly, the way their bullpen pitched, they might as well brought out catcher David Fry, because how could he have done worse? And so why did I bring up Toronto? Toronto is a half a game behind the Texas Rangers. Toronto's outside of the playoff picture right now. There is a scenario... And mind you, it is not 
a wild scenario that tomorrow, despite playing like a champion for virtually the entire season, there is a chance that tomorrow the Texas Rangers could fall totally out of the wild card. How could that be? Well, the Rangers are playing the Astros. Valdez is pitching against Yavaldi. Yavaldi's a great pitcher, but he's coming off the injured list. Valdez is a great pitcher. He's not coming off the injured list. The Blue Jays are playing the A's. Bassett is having a, you know, he'll get some Cy Young contention, you know, consideration. Uh, while the Chuck is pitching for Oakland, he won't get Cy Young consideration. The Blue Jays have to beat the worst team in baseball. The Rangers have to beat the defending World Series champion who just leapfrogged them. If the Rangers lose and the Blue Jays win, we will be after Labor Day, about 20, what, 24, 23 games left, and the Rangers will have fallen totally out of it. And that's not a good thing. And I I can't, you know, Uvalde's pitching for Texas. Uvalde's a wonderful pitcher. He's having a fine season. He's been injured. He's had he's had a lot of injury problems his whole career. But um, I almost think Bochi should put him in the bullpen. I, I I know that doesn't make all the sense in the world. I'm sure everyone will throw every reason I shouldn't. I do remember Uvalde pitching brilliantly for the Red Sox out of the bullpen in the 2018 postseason. But I also know. The Rangers' bullpen is an abject disaster right now. And maybe getting a few innings out of Uvalde at the end of the game may be more valuable than taking him out in the fourth. I don't know. And 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 I'm not taking much glee in this because I want to see the – look, it, I want to make one thing very clear. I'm not a Texas Ranger fan. I want to end that, that uh, rumor right now. But I love Bruce Bauchi. I do. It's my dad's favorite manager. I've been screaming to have his lieutenants be hired as manager somewhere. And I would love to see the Rangers win the World Series because I love those moments that are the generational moments. Like, I thought I'd never see this moment. And to add one more thing to the pyre, for you maybe to want to see the Rangers win the World Series. If the Rangers win the World Series, then of the four major Dallas teams, the Mavericks, the Stars, the Rangers, and the Cowboys, then the one with the longest championship drought would be the Cowboys if the Rangers win the World Series. All those things are there. There's some my, I, I just, I love so many things about the potential of the Rangers winning the World Series. And now they may not even make the playoffs. It's a real scenario. If you fall out of the playoff race, with 23, 24 games left. It's a real scenario of that happening. And gee whiz, trading away Reagans for Aroldis Chapman. Look at, I don't know what the analysis was at that time, but holy cow, in retrospect, that was nothing short of a disaster. I'm just going to quickly address this. Uh, Julio Urias is uh, arrested again uh, 
domestic violence charges is the third time. We don't need him in baseball. We don't need, you know, domestic abusers. That includes you, Aroldis Chapman. That includes you. And that included you, Stephen Wright, on the 2018 Red Sox. You know, when you hear people say it's a mistake, it was something bad that happened, it's never a mistake. It's an act of violence. It's a deliberate act of violence. And if it's being reported or caught, then it's the, only the tip of an iceberg. And this is Urias's what, third time? We don't need him. Get him out. Go play with Trevor Bauer in Japan. Kick rocks. I mean, it's a giant blow for the Dodgers to remove him from the team, but uh, file that under so what? Scram. We don't need you. We don't need you. Uh, a couple other positive things going on in baseball uh, from the other day. Uh, I mentioned, uh, uh, maybe I did mention, that uh, Justin Steele uh, is putting together a heck of a Cy Young candidacy. Uh, he's having a tremendous year for the Cubs, who are a playoff team right now. He struck out 12 Giants. Uh, the Giants fell out of a playoff spot. Uh, the Reds and the D-backs uh, held on to their spot. The uh, Marlins are idle. Um, the Marlins were idle. Do you know who also was idle? The New York Yankees. Do you also was idle? The New York Mets. There were no Met game. There was no New York team playing today. Not one New York team was playing baseball on Labor Day. Uh, I'm, I'll, I will send you, I will, I'll share something that my cousin Dave, who is uh, practically a brother, um, he wrote to me this. Uh, he sent me this text. Um, oh, I got it right here. I'm reading your text, Dave, on my thing here. Uh, stupid he used a bad word. I don't want a, uh, a mature rating. Tone deaf. Major League Baseball schedules. Uh, no Memorial Day and no Labor Day in New York. Idiots. I'll concede that some years, but you have to give one. I'll give you one better. Um, no team should be off on Labor Day. This is one. There, there are three days where people tend to have the day off in summertime. Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day. I know it's hard to schedule baseball games. I do. I do. I get it. I do know the logistics must be a nightmare. I get that. I get that big time. But let's work out five things, shall we? Five things. Maybe even more. Every baseball team, I think, should play a doubleheader on Memorial Day, on the 4th of July, and on Labor Day. That, that's what I think. If you can't do that, fine. It may help squeeze the schedule in a little bit, but there you go. But every team has to play. And you also have to sort of make sure that not only is every team going to play, but there's some markets that have two teams. The Bay Area has the A's and the Giants for now. Southern California has the Dodgers and the Angels. Chicago has the White Sox and the Cubs. New York has the Mets and the Yankees. One of those teams have to be home. Okay? And we've worked out some of the quirks that we've seen that there's always going to be a New York team at home 
on September 11th. The Red Sox are always going to be home on Patriots Day. No offense to the Blue Jays. There should not be a game played in Toronto on the 4th of July. But on Canada Day, the Blue Jays should always be home. Put those factors into it. But seriously, Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day. Three days. If you want, if you need to break it up a little bit and you look up and suddenly they're not, someone's not playing a game on a Saturday in September. Fine. On a Saturday in May. I'll get it. I'll even give you a Saturday sometime in July. Okay. But you got to work it out on those big holiday days where you do the things. You go to the beach. You go to the cookout. You go get together with people. You got to be able to turn the ball game on or go to the GD game. It's not that hard a concept to have. There are three major days in the summer where enjoying baseball is part of the summer. Even in Jaws on Amity Island, when the mayor was walking around wondering, oh, what, is no one going to be swimming? Is no one going to be swimming? He stopped by the guy and said, why aren't you in the water? Do you know what the guy was doing? He had a ball game on. He didn't want to be eaten by a shark. So what else are you going to do? I know. You listen to the ball game. That's when they're putting together, you know, Jaws is great in their use of sound in that film. When they're putting together the sound and everything there, someone mixing the sound said, hey, I know what we got to have to make it sound like summer, to make it sound like the 4th of July. It's to put on a ball game. I'm not going to pretend that it's an easy job. But, but factor in those things. And again, if you can factor in Patriots Day, you can factor in September 11th, and you can factor in Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day. I think those should be double headers right there. There's six games right there for your team. I just hit my own microphone. Didn't mean to. But my God, you can't have anyone taking this day off. Have them take Tuesday off. I'll take Wednesday off. You can't take this day off. I didn't. I gave you a bunch of shows all weekend. Um, a couple people made a guess on the trivia question of when was the last time the uh, person who led the league in stolen bases in the American League faced off against the stolen base king in the National League in the World Series. Uh, someone guessed 1989 when Ricky Henderson returned to the Oakland A's and the A's went to the World Series. Um, he, he did lead the league in stolen bases that year with the Yankees and the A's, but uh, Vince Coleman led the league in stolen bases that year with the Cardinals, and they made the World Series in 85 and 87, but not in 89. So you got to pick another one. Uh, it's, still no one's got it, but you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter or whatever it's called now, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we got uh, uh, Chuck from Lockdown Brewers is coming up to do a show about the Brew Crew later on. Uh, Miller Thomas is going to be coming in for his daily show. And uh, we may be doing a, uh, a Locked on Blue Jays later on this week as well. This has been Locked on MLB for the first day after Labor Day. We're now in the fall part, the home stretch of baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.